Today, the basis of our sermon comes from Psalm 118, selected verses from this psalm. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die, but live, and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Open for me the gates of righteousness. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answered me. You have become my salvation. The stone the builders rejected has become the capstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The word of our God. About a year ago at this time, just before Thanksgiving, I, I came across an article in the Chattanooga Times Free Press. It, it was listing all the top Google searches that, that pop up around Thanksgiving. And it was pretty cool. It actually listed the top search for each of the 50 states. And most of the states had things that you'd kind of expect. You know, what time are the NFL games on Thanksgiving? How do you make stuffing? How do you make pumpkin pie? How do you cook turkey? In Tennessee, our most Googled phrase was, what is Thanksgiving? Really, Tennessee? Come on, I thought we were better than that. We didn't have the weirdest one, though. Um, Colorado, I think they had the weirdest one. Their most Googled search was turkey bowling. That one might actually be worth Googling, I don't know. But really, the the one that that caught my attention the most was South Dakota's. In South Dakota, the most searched phrase was, things I'm thankful for. Really? You got to Google that? You're going to rely on the internet to tell you what you're thankful for? Come on, South Dakota. But, but then again, I started to think about it more. And we, guys, we got to remember, these people actually live in South Dakota. Maybe it would be hard to come up with things to be thankful. We, we got to maybe cut them some slack. And, and I'm kidding. I'm, I'm sure South Dakota is a wonderful place. Sorry if you ever lived there. Um, I think I'll stick with Chattanooga, though. And really, we probably shouldn't make fun of South Dakota too much for having to Google things I'm thankful for because... Maybe you've been there. There's maybe a lot of days that it does get kind of tough to really come up with something you're thankful for, especially if you've been having a bad day. Hard to say I'm thankful for something. This search for reasons to be thankful could become a real-life search, not just a Google search. There's a book called 364 Days of Thanksgiving. It's put out by our our Synod's publishing house. I recommend picking it up. It's pretty good. Uh, the, The idea is each day you write down one thing you're thankful for. And then on the last day of the year, you get to look back at all the things you wrote down, 
all the things that brought thanksgiving into your life. But here's the catch. You can't ever write the same thing twice. And so after a while, once you get through all the standby things you're thankful for, it starts to get a little tougher. You got to get really specific with things you're thankful for. You really got to be searching for something to be thankful for, especially on those hard days. And it's a pretty good practice to do, but still, once you get to like day 364, you might end up wanting to Google search things I'm thankful for, like a person from South Dakota. And I, and I really think one of the reasons we might struggle to come up with a reason to be thankful sometimes is that fact that we do have some really bad days sometimes. Days when forcing Thanksgiving just kind of seems like a, a useless exercise. Look, we might also struggle to come up with reasons to be thankful sometimes because we might mistake thankfulness as an emotion. Maybe thankfulness seems synonymous with happiness. They're really not the same thing at all. Uh, a Christian can have a thank thankfulness that runs deeper than emotions. Christian thanksgiving, it's, it's a spirit. It's an, it's an attitude toward life. And, and today in Psalm 118, we're given an all-encompassing reason to be thankful all the time. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. Psalm 118 can help you kind of cultivate a, a deeper thankfulness. A thankfulness that's not just based on whether or not you had a good day or whether you feel happy. We can give thanks each and every day because our Lord is good. Because He gives His eternal love to us. The Lord's forever enduring love is also going to help you have everyday thanksgiving. And it all kind of sounds like Living Hope's mission statement, if you remember that. Hope forever in Jesus brings hope for every day. Well, hope forever in Jesus can also bring thanksgiving for every day. But before, maybe before we dive in head first into the reasons we could give thanks every single day, maybe there's still a kind of a leftover problem we might have with that first verse and the command there, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And maybe it sounds ungodly to even suggest we have a problem with that, but maybe it's because it's my own ungodly sinful nature that suggests there's a problem here. I think it stems back to the fact that we do have some days that are really tough, some really downer days. And, and there's a chain of logic here that if you follow it, you'll run into some problems. The, the chain of logic goes like this. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Huh? Okay. Well, if God is so good, then why does he send so much bad stuff into my life? Because God, God is in control of all things, right? Well, then why is he setting things up to bring suffering into my life or into the lives of other people I know? If God is so good, why did he take this person I love from me? Why did he take this job from me? If he's so good, why is my health, why are my relationships dissolving? If the Lord is so good and his love is, is eternal, 
then why can't he even give me peace right now today? And in verse 18, we even hear that the Lord is the one who chastens me, disciplines me, brings difficulties into my life sometimes. Right? The Lord has chastened me severely. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Is he? There's that chain of logic. Brings a problem. Our, our difficulties can cause us to bring God's goodness into question. Our difficulties can leave us searching for reason to give thanks. Our, our difficulties might kind of do the opposite of make us thankful. We get frustrated. Why thank God for his chastisement? Why thank him when the outward circumstances in my life don't leave me a lot of reason to see God as good? Why thank God when he seems to take my reasons to be thankful away from me? First of all, recognize these thoughts as lies of your sinful nature, trying to create a rift between you and God. You don't need to worry. God is certainly good. He works all things for your good. He promises that. God's love for you is certain. Scripture assures you of that. Your Savior assures you of that. Now, at the same time, there is a hint of truth to this, that, yeah, the Lord, the, the director and author of all things, might sometimes bring difficulty or chastisement, discipline, into your life. But know this. Adversity and difficulties can actually breed even deeper thanksgiving. God's mercy comes closer to you, becomes more apparent to you, the more you need it. And I, and I know this sounds crazy, but, but I, I have seen it happen. I, I've seen evidence of this. Uh, just, just a little over a month ago, I went to visit someone in the hospital. Um, actually, not, not someone from this church. It was a, a guy from another Lutheran church in Cleveland. His pastor was out of town, and the family, it was, it was an emergency. And so they, they got a hold of me to go and, and give him a visit to kind of pinch hit for the other pastor. Um, and this, this man, his name is Charlie. He actually had to get flown on a flight for life from Cleveland to Erlanger Hospital here. He'd hit his head, had a huge gash, and was having massive amounts of blood loss. And got to the hospital, and his, his daughter was there. And she gave me a little bit of background on Charlie, her dad. Charlie had been kind of in a downward spiral ever since his, his wife had passed away. Uh, it really hit him hard. He was closing himself off from others. wasn't going to church anymore. And he was in, in pain in a whole lot of ways. And even his daughter kind of recognized that what was happening to him now is probably kind of a last-ditch wake-up call from God for him. I went into his hospital room. There was Charlie looking about as good as a person could look who had lost most of their blood. And at the same time, though, there was a noticeable sign of, of thankfulness and relief on his face I could catch. Uh, I think just the fact having a pastor come to visit. I, I wouldn't have described Charlie as happy by any means at that point. But he was thankful 
And he was definitely refocused on how much God loved him. I know he was focused on that because I went in there and I I was going to read to him some words from Romans chapter 8. And before I could even say anything, he started saying the words to me. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This was a dramatic way for this to happen, but, but through all this, Charlie had been refocused on the big picture. And I'd wager a guess that, that right then, he was more thankful for what Christ did for him than he was just a day ago. It's really weird how stuff like that happens. And, and one other detail about this, uh, Charlie said something during that hospital visit that I have never heard anyone else say to me. Charlie said, I died. I died on that helicopter ride. And yes, his heart stopped beating while he was on the helicopter. The EMTs brought him back. So talk about someone literally living the words of Psalm 118 here. I will not die, but live and will proclaim what the Lord has done. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. Charlie realized, despite the suffering he was now in, that God loved him, that God's goodness was there for him, that his love had never gone anywhere, that he'd, he'd, he'd always had it. He just had to kind of re-see it again. And now... <laughs> God isn't always going to use someone's heart stopping on a flight for life to bring them back to him. This is kind of a dramatic case here. But God can certainly use difficult times in our life to to give us a deeper appreciation and thanksgiving for his goodness and love. Maybe we can relate a little more easily to verse 13 here. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. When events in your life might make you kind of feel like you're you're falling backwards, you maybe relate with that that kind of moment of panic when you you lose your balance. And as as you're free falling, you can't slow yourself down. You can't do a whole lot to control your fall. But the Lord helps you. Brings you back upright. He holds you tight. In times of free falling, sometimes that's when you're most focused, when God's goodness and love is the clearest for you, when maybe you're not able to give thanks for anything else in your life. That's when God's goodness and love can shine out the most, in those times of free falling. And a a Christian's thanksgiving runs deep because we can have big picture thanksgiving through Jesus He has become my salvation. And the cool thing about this word salvation, it's the same name for Jesus. Yeshua. Jesus in Hebrew. Salvation, Jesus, it's one and the same thing here. And and Psalm 118, it's really all about Jesus. It's what we would call a messianic psalm. Jesus himself quotes verses 22 and 23. To reveal that he is the stone rejected by the builders who became the capstone. 
And Psalm 118 was all around Jesus the last week of his life. Uh, On Palm Sunday, as he rode into Jerusalem, words from Psalm 118 is what the crowds were shouting as he came into the city on a donkey. On the night he was betrayed, Maundy Thursday, the day of the Passover meal, Psalm 118 was there too. Because the tradition for, for Jewish people, they would sing the Hallel Psalms, 113 to 118, throughout the Passover meal. And we hear Jesus saying, Psalms during his, his last supper with his disciples. Psalm 118 would have been the last one they sang shortly before he probably went out into the Garden of Gethsemane, was arrested, put to death the next day. Jesus, rejected by those he came to save, has become the capstone of our faith, the thing holding everything together. He's the cornerstone for our Thanksgiving, everything else built off of that. We've got big picture Thanksgiving because Jesus makes us righteous. He frees us from death. We get to join the the psalmist in saying these words. We can say with him, I will give you thanks for you answered me. You have become my salvation. He is the one who opens the gates of righteousness for me. I will enter in. I can enter in. Because Jesus makes me righteous by his sacrifice for my sins. Just like Jesus rose from the dead, I also will not die, but live. I will give thanks. The Lord is good. He gives me Jesus. His love endures forever. Jesus' death and resurrection seal the deal for me. He has answered my, my cries for salvation. God's answer for salvation is always yes. In Christ. And so even when when there's other things in your life going on that maybe leave you no reasons to be thankful, you've got this big picture Thanksgiving because of the big picture salvation Jesus gives to you. And this, this big picture salvation also allows you to have that Thanksgiving for every day. Let's kind of put a few thoughts together here. There's that first verse from our reading and also maybe the, the last verse from our reading. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. And this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God's love endures forever. So that means I can rejoice in each new day. Each day is a new one he's made for me that he can give me his goodness and his love And if you wake up each day with this attitude, this is the day the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it, I think you'll probably have a a little bit of a better day. Maybe try this. Um, Try writing this verse on a little sticky note. Put it on your phone when you go to bed. And then when you wake up, when you inevitably immediately look at your phone, there's that verse. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. It's going to be a good day. Because no matter what else happens that day, you you know what you got. You know God's love, his goodness are there for you, his salvation, it's already yours. It'll be a good day. Even if no other reasons are there to make it a good day. And now at the same time, if, if you wake up and you're not a person who just feels like, I'm going to be happy and rejoice and be thankful in this new day, that's okay. Because it's not like you're going to be less of a Christian just because you, you can't 
be emotionally happy every day. Remember, happiness and thankfulness, they're not the same thing. Being a Christian does not mean you have to fake being happy all the time. Ultimately, you've got, you've got this deeper thankfulness that comes from your big picture salvation. That even if it's hard to, to have singing or smiling on a certain day, you've still got God's goodness and love there with you that endure forever, that are there for you that day too. Maybe the best picture of everyday Thanksgiving is this iconic picture of the man giving thanks to the Lord for his daily bread. Maybe you've seen this one before. There's contentment and thanksgiving here. This man doesn't have a whole, a whole lot on the table in front of him, a loaf of bread, a little bit of soup, and a Bible. He looks alone, lonely, and still, he returns thanks to his Lord, whose love endures forever. This guy is not about to burst into rejoicing, but he is thankful. Thanksgiving is a, is a, a Christian spirit that, that sticks with us in times of plenty and in times of want. And it runs so much deeper than just what's on the table in front of you, just the current life circumstances you find yourself in. Thanksgiving is based not just on what's in front of you, but what's in store for you. What Christ has already done for you. You can give thanks. The Lord is good. His love endures forever. That means it applies to you today too. If it applies forever, it applies today. You don't have to go searching for reasons to be thankful. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen.